Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and welcome to Small Biz Chat Live. Now, Small Biz Chat Live is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get and share invaluable business advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And we've been doing this thing 11 years and we're not going to stop anytime soon. We all know right now we are living in perilous times and we need motivation, inspiration, and good ideas. And that is what we have for you tonight. You know, our goal at Small Biz Chat is to give you information Sage advice that's going to take your business to the next level. With that, let me introduce my very first guest, Nicole Snow. And I want to just in full disclosure, you guys, she's one of my favorite small business owners I've ever coached. I'm so excited to have her back on the show. So Nicole, we're here. We're going to be talking with her about how to keep your finances strong in your small business. But let me tell you a little bit about her. Nicole is the founder and CEO of Darn Good Yarn. It is an e-commerce business that serves the $44 billion craft market. They sell beautiful, luscious, handmade yarns and clothing. Nicole is an Air Force veteran who is driven to solve complex problems by leveraging the power of the triple bottom line business framework. Her company serves crafters all over the world and provides employment to more than 600 women in India and Nepal and an additional eight people here in the U.S., you guys have got to go check her out. If you're into knitting, you got to check out what they got going on over at Darn Good Yarn. I, I hooked my mom up with it. And hey, if you're a crafter out there, they've got some great stuff. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me on Small Biz Chat Live. Thanks so much, Melinda. I am so stoked to see you again and be here with you right now. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So tell us what is Darn Good Yarn? I've been talking about your business for years. I I don't think I do it justice. So I need you to explain what Darn Good Yarn is and tell us what your inspiration was to launching the business. You know, I'm very much an accidental entrepreneur and I always get a little bit shy when people read my bio that I send off. And it's like, that's definitely not how I started. I really wanted to learn how to knit. And it came from a place of just being a very crafty kid. Even when I was at school, I went to a very engineering and business school and I was metal sculpting in my dorm room, which probably told me that I might not have been at the right place necessarily. So I've always been into the arts and textures and colors. When I got to a certain point in my life after the Air Force, I said, you know, I want to take my crafting into and turn it into a business. So I started to use some of my contracting background from the government and I was in the Air Force, and I used sort of that supply chain management and the ideals there, pieced that together and found this really unique yarn that was coming out of Nepal, and it was made from reclaimed material. I said, well, this is pretty cool. It like saves the world and saves you know uh, waste going into landfills. And then here, boom, here's this yarn. As I started to uncover this more as the business grew, and this was in the first couple of months, I realized that it was actually supplying and creating sustainable jobs for women in particular. And they were able to stay at home with their babies and make yarn for my company. And that was really it. I realized very early on that 
my business could actually be a conduit to create sustainable employment to sectors of people that generally get forgotten about within the global economy. So that's really, that was probably one of the biggest things from the start that we weren't just a craft company. It was really this concept of creating a conduit to do better in the world. And very accidentally, but I just sort of do things like, what would my mom be proud of? And that's how I've sort of moved forward in my business journey. All right. Now I want to get straight for people. Tell us how big your company is in terms of staff and revenue. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, she sells yarn on the internet. Tell them. Tell them. Nicole. Okay. So last year, last year we closed out at 9.1 million um, in revenue. And I started out of my guest bedroom and out of just saving my money, actually, from the Air Force when I was there. So it's totally possible. And I actually, here's, I think, one of the, the biggest things that you know we're watching, small business owners watching right now. I started my business during the last recession. People were cocooning. And I, like again, very accidentally, I was coming from a place of power. I had savings and I just used what I had in my savings. And my husband had a good job. So we weren't coming from a place of being totally desperate. A lot of fiscal responsibility. And it was just, kind of this really bizarre place that intersected where people were staying at home. If you remember back to 2008, people weren't going to the movies and the movie theaters were freaking out. Well, you know what they were doing? They were doing this thing called cocooning and staying at home and making their houses nice. And we're seeing that right now as well. So that's, you know, it's all possible. And I think it's important to be very wary of the news and it can kind of freak you out if you pay too close of attention to it. I think that's a really valid point. All right now. Okay. So you're an actual entrepreneur. You, you start this business selling yard, but what has been the real secret to your business success, Nicole? So as we've gotten larger, I think the one of the biggest things, it's like, yes, we have marketing and we have all these things, but it's this kind of old school tactic of going back to why a business is in business. So a lot of people think that we are non for profit. We're not. I am a for profit company. And hiring on, I think one of the most critical hires I've made uh, in the past year is my CFO. And gosh, I wish I did that from day one, even if it was for an hour a month, because they tend to be, you know, a little bit more than a lot of people on your staff initially. But she's helped me go into every single purchase, every single thing I'm doing and say, okay, Nicole is sending that email at that cost really worth it to the company? And how does that flow down? And does it make sense? Are you going to be profitable? I have a a friend of mine, he's run many successful businesses. And he says, Nicole, no margin, no mission. And you think about that, like I'm where our company is very mission driven. And if you don't have that margin built in and someone who's helping you be fiscally responsible within your business uh, landscape, you're not going to be successful and you're not going to be able to serve that greater mission, which is why you might have been put on this earth before. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's really important. So, you know, so you're saying just how many years have you been in business? 12 years. Okay. So year 11, you hired a CFO. Yeah. All right. So what were you doing before that? Like, what? how were you managing stuff before that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I started off with my accountant. I think that's like, everyone's like, oh, here's my taxes. Can you help me with a little bit of projecting? And then I wound up driving him absolutely crazy during tax season one time when he told me I had to produce a balance sheet. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And then I wound up hiring on a bookkeeper. He was sort of like a come to Jesus with Nicole. It's like, Nicole, you might need to hire a bookkeeper. I'm like, okay. 
let me go figure this out. And then as we kept growing, my questions were getting more complex, how to time inventory purchases. And we have, in terms of our supply chain, it's complex. And our complexity comes from having to pay a lot of our vendors 100% upfront. So I'm now without that money for sometimes up to six months. So that's, a, you know, being cash strapped like that for a while can have impact. So making that jump to a CFO and then now getting into a place of being strategic with how we're deploying our money and even helping me like make banking relationships. And I'm sure James will probably talk about this. I'm excited to hear his segment, but really being able to now have this person who's in on your team to help you really work through contracts, making sure they're fair to you. I think a lot of business owners think that they have to do all of this themselves. And this is actually what a CFO does. And a good CFO pays for themselves every single month. You don't, you're not even going to feel the hit. And people used to tell me that. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. But they, it, I wish I listened sooner, honestly. Well, I think that's a very honest story to tell. But hey, you know, you did pretty well before you got there. But I'm glad you got there. So so let's talk about, you know, you are a social entrepreneur and there was a very strategic decision for you to do that. So, you know, you fell in love with this yarn and you found out how it was made. But I mean, how do you go from that to employing 600 women in India? I mean, that that's like a big, big, major strategic commitment. It, it absolutely is. And I'm glad you bring, bring that up because it is a commitment. It's exactly that. This is not just a charitable, we're going to go inject a couple thousand dollars somewhere. I mean, donations and nonprofits all have their place. But when you look at true sustainable change within global economies and in like remote villages in the middle of India, which is where we're dealing a lot in, you have to be there for the long haul and have the stomach for that. And for me, it meant and it still does to make sure that we're growing very methodically. So in the world of shark tanks and having hyper growth, even though we've grown very quickly, we were named the fastest growing company in the capital region in New York two years ago. We still had that going on for ourselves, but I was methodical about not letting the growth get away from us. So people said, Nicole, why don't you go like pitch in front of um, Michael's or one of the big box craft stores? And I was like, we are not ready for that. I said, I will blow away what we've built because these, these are still individuals. These are still humans and they're working with like really basic materials and tools. So you have to be really respectful of where you're working and it can, you can get into the place of too, too much growth too fast. And then it depletes everything. And then you wind up setting them back even further in terms of trying to help people get out of generational poverty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I am riveted by this conversation, but you are an expert in selling online. So when we come back on Small Biz Chat Live, we're going to talk about the best ways to sell your wares online. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. You are watching Small Biz Chat Live, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady. I know you might be thinking about quitting your business and going back into corporate America, but wait, before you give up, my new book, Fix Your Business, could give you a whole new lease on life. My 12 P's of running a successful business will walk you through step-by-step how to grow your business revenue, how to hire great people and streamline your processes and so much more. Grab a copy today of Fix Your Business and get your life back. Welcome back to Small Biz Chat Live. I'm here with my guest, Nicole Snow, and we are talking about all things e-commerce and her business, DarnGoodYarn.com. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, how. what are the best ways to drive sales to an online business? 
So you got to look at your customer, right? So for us, Facebook is really our sweet spot. We, you know, persona generation, you have to look at who you want your customer to be. And this is like basic marketing. And it's one of these things that's really been highlights to me, especially sitting back at home and work from home during COVID is getting back to old school marketing. I mean, yes, digital marketing is just one of the tools in your toolbox, but looking where people are, are shopping. So for us, again, Facebook, but then really, what are other ways people trying to engage? So for our customer, community is where it's at. We have a, a couple of private Facebook groups and people are hardcore darn good yarners. I love my customers if you're watching out there, mwah, mwah. but we realize that how do we create community, especially in like times when people can't go out, can't go shopping. And we really double down on our Facebook live sales. So, I mean, it's QVC style. And this really came me having bad sales like about a year ago. And I'm like, we need to figure something out. I have this skirt that's one of a kind and it's made from replay materials. Okay, we're getting on camera. We're just going to turn it on and go for it. And we were really scrappy and authentic about it. And there was something, again, going to being very authentic, I think is really the key for selling online. And I find being almost too polished, you can lose something that you might miss uh, connecting to that perfect customer base. I got it. I got it. All right, so... Using multiple channels or one channel? Like, is your website enough or do you need to be selling on Amazon, eBay? What, I mean, how do you do it? We're, we're doing, we're on Amazon as well. We have a little bit of a brand, a little bit of a different brand going on there, but we are selling there. We also have some wholesale going on. So we are multi-channel, but during this time we have doubled down mostly on direct to consumer online through my website. Okay. And sometimes small business, like you only have so many resources. So we can say, yeah, we can do a big, you know, ladder across multiple channels, but sometimes you have to try to be as efficient and go for the biggest like piece of fruit you can go pluck. All right. And then what about online ads? Do you have to do online ads or is it like, you know, if you're selling online, do you got to do online ads? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think people get probably the first thing that people think about cutting, especially in times of recession is their marketing budget. That is the last place I feel that you should be cutting. You should be doubling down on those efforts, making them as efficient as possible, really thinking about how you're making leads and what the real purpose of those ads are and making them as efficient as possible. That's the name of the game right now. All right. Last question. How has entering contests changed your business? (laughs) Well, you know how we met. I... uh, FedEx has a small business grant contest. I was the first ever winner of, oddly enough, and that's how we crossed paths. So for me, that was a great way to, and it's been important because I you know, got a cash price of $25,000 at that time, which I really needed. But it's been not just about the money. It's been a way to have your core community of customers rally around you and go rah, 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 we can do this. And then you create your tribe. And that's really what it's about to me. It's not about actually winning which sounds like a very foofy answer, but it really is the truth. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Hang loose. We're going to bring you back at the end of the show for our Hit It or Quit It panel. But thank you so much for sharing this valuable information with us. All right, Ms. Nicole, what is your favorite old school marketing tip? James stole mine. But anyway, <laughs> my, my, my rebound on that one is I really like to say around here, what are we selling? And it's what's the products, products, product. So think about that for a little bit, but what are you selling? What is that actually doing? And then how is that getting down to a root need of what a human actually wants? And that's actually what you're selling. All right. I like that. I did have to think about it though. I had to stop and be like, okay, what is she saying? Mm -hmm. That was good stuff. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. All right. And here's our last question. All right, Ms. Nicole Snow, what is your favorite business book? Finish Big by Bo Burlington. 
And it finally gave me the confidence to know really where I was going in the business. You think you're going to be married to it forever. And it was like, oh, there might be life after a business and an exit. Yeah, I, I really like all of Bo Burlington's books. And, and I like that book as well. And I would be remiss if I did not share with you guys that my favorite business book is The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Yeah. Favorite one. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.